dongle, dongle, dangle. Every time I use a dongle, it feels like. <laughs> hey. Hello. I'm Nicole. And I'm Amanda. And this is the Cancer Sisters Podcast. Episode four, season two. Reclining, recovery, and reflection. Dun, 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 dun. We have lots to talk about. It's been a minute. Mm-hmm. It's actually been, um, uh, it's a Thursday, so it's been... A month? No. 17 days? 18 days? Since your surgery? Yeah. And um, we've been busy. Very busy. You have been busy. busy. You've been busy. (laughs) (laughs) You've been busy reclining and recovering. Yes. And I have been... I have not been reflecting. No. No. You've been helping me. I've been... Um, a lot. Nursing. Yes. Nurse, <laughs> nurse mating. I've not been nursing. I've been nurse mating. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different subject. Yeah. Well, I'm going to start with the easy stuff. Your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's quick and easy. <laughs> Go for it. I, uh, when we last spoke, I told our listeners that I had a CT scan and WWO turned out to be with and without because I had, uh-huh. <laughs> because I had um, an abdominal and chest. CTs mm-hmm. and the contrast dye was for my abdomen. Got it. So I did end up taking prednisone and Benadryl beforehand. And that worked? It worked it worked pretty well. The next day I had like a little bit of a flush, but it did work pretty well. I took more Benadryl when I came home. But to cut to the results, yes. My innards are completely unremarkable. Yay! You're so boring. <laughs> so boring. Not a cyst. Nary a mass to be found. <laughs> Nary a lesion around. <laughs> Nary a lesion. So, so news. good news yeah. right now. And I think I mentioned the last time that I won't, I won't have a flex sig for another six months, and then I won't have until like late spring. Any other kind of scans? I won't have. A CT scan again until June. Yeah, they're going to be spread out. But I do have an MRI scheduled for, I think, late March, because that would be the MRI that was one year from the last one, the one that declared Mm. me as in remission. So it's not that I'm done with scans, but I will get a little bit more space here and there. Which is excellent. Yeah. Not forced to think about it. It's not all up in your face. Correct. I don't have to think about it all the time. Yeah. Okay. So, we're mostly going to be talking about what you've been doing for a couple yeah, weeks. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about the recovery and the reclining that I'm doing. And then we're going to move on to some reflection. And I think I'm using all the R words. We'd be remiss if we didn't talk about... Um, the length of your surgery? Oh, oh, there's that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you went into it, what we knew was something like three or four hours. They said four hours. And that was, uh, what what do we want to call that? Kindly, we'll call that an understatement. (laughs) 
So well, this is still your part because I was clueless. So you get to tell this story. So I don't know the exact length, but what I could guess from when we spoke to the surgeons was that all in all, it was about eight and a half hours. Right. I spoke to spoke to one doctor after about four hours and he said and that might have been like three and a half hours but he said that you were doing perfectly well but that the two surgeons were working together to do the first part of your surgery and that was complete and then um dr subachin as you know as dr welsh was with me on the phone dr subachin was preparing to mm-hmm. i think harvest is the right word oh, your yeah. gracilis muscle and that part itself was going to take about 90 minutes and harvest they did and harvest they did so um the second i guess i'll call it the second half of your surgery that um that's where the waiting got um you know boring and anxious and Mm. excruciating because we were sitting next to that huge screen that has you know everybody's assigned a number and it says where you are. So it could be, you know, in recovery or just arrived or right. whatever. Your status. You were the last person on the board. Out of, crazy. I mean, out of what I can only guess is maybe 50. I mean, I saw that board when we got there. It was full across a, a basically a giant TV. So at least 50 people that were in the over. Yeah, I mean, and it's just... It's, yeah, that was that was a little bit. Um, all this to say, I mean, and I, I had some friends that told me too. They could, they felt bad about bugging you, but they were waiting for updates, and they're like, "Good lord, what's taking so long?" And like, mm-hmm. and I forgot, you know, I said, "Oh, you know, I'll keep you updated." But to you know, a few people that I was texting, um, or who had texted me, but and I, I just forgot because I was just so wrapped up in. The same questions myself. Right. Like, when am I going to hear from somebody? What's going on? To the point where the um, receptionist <laughs> was like, well, I'm going home now. And, oh, my gosh. You know, and I was talking to this woman who was waiting hours to see um, her grandchild. And, you know, it was a surprise. So she didn't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy or girl, she, you know, she knew healthy. But Aww. I think it was like a C-section. And so yeah. we... She had a lot of waiting to find out, and then all of a sudden they were gone, and it was just us left in the um, waiting area. Uh, all of that to say is that when we did talk to your surgeons, they said you were fine the whole time. Which, nothing you know, nothing to worry God. about. Yeah, I mean, you were healthy. I don't know if healthy is the right word. <laughs> no, like, you were fine through it all, yeah. um, which, is, which is astonishing to me because... You know, there wasn't a problem with anesthesia. There wasn't a problem with... Thanks, heart and lungs. Yeah, thanks, (laughs) heart and lungs. Yeah, thanks, organ systems. Yeah. You know, you tolerated it well, which is is pretty astonishing. And then we didn't see you that night because it was going to be maybe a couple more hours after you were out of surgery before you were in recovery. And we were getting to, like, after midnight time. And they said, your one doctor said to us, he said, you know, don't bother because... She won't even know you're here or not. Right. So. It's true. That felt a little weird, you know, leaving the hospital, but. Yeah, which I woke up somewhere around 1 a.m. Because there was, you know, there's a big clock in there and I had no idea where I was. And I, and I, I was like, 1 a.m.? Like, 
what happened? Where am I and where have I been? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what happened? Because that, you know, 13 hours after I went into surgery, so I was just, you know, and I remember very quickly, like, I didn't, I think it was just, you know, timing. They were coming to check on me very quickly. The nurse came in the room and, you know, checked on me and mm-hmm. said, you're in the hospital, you're in the room, this is your room, and you did fine, and and then I fell back asleep. And that, and thus began the reclining and the recovery. Yeah. So do you want to pick up from, you know, from sort of what you first noticed besides the giant clock and that you really didn't know where you were? Yeah. What, um, you were, you were sort of covered in tubes and such. Like, what did you, what did you notice? Yeah. So the whole thing is like, I knew that this was a very involved surgery, but for the, nothing can prepare you for like what's actually happening, you know. So, I'm laying in a hospital bed. I've got those um, alternating squeezy things. <laughs> Do you know when I talked about it? I what couldn't do you call remember. Those? They're, I mean, they're kind of like blood pressure cuffs. I know that the nurses who are listening to us right now are like sh- shouting the names <laughs> to us, but they're they keep your blood circulation. When you're, so there's when no you're sedentary. Yeah. And they progressively inflate and deflate. Right. So we can tell you what they are. But we don't Somebody can tell Tell us. you what they... Right now I'm calling them squ- squ- squeezy cuffs. Squ- squ- squeezy. Sounds so, like you're trying to rap. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm not, everyone. I'm not. Um, and then, you know, they were giving me a blood thinner and they're asking me which arm. And I'm like, I don't care. They're just popping into my shoulder. And then... Um, and of course you weren't getting up, so you had a catheter. I wasn't getting up. I had, they told me I had a catheter, and I was kind of thankful, because I could not imagine getting up at that point. Right. And the phlebotomy gal kept coming in at every few hours. Phlebotomy gal! <laughs> she Did she have a cape? Her <laughs> she needed a cape. She had her cart, and it was like um, blinged out with little letters, and it said... That's odd. Phlebotomy girl. It did? It did. <laughs> And like pink letters, and she take a sip because mm-hmm. she had the biggest eyelashes I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> but she was aces at her job. She was blee. She was aces. She was just took my arm. You she, sound yeah. like such an old person, you know? Like I had a flat phlebotomy gal, and she was aces. Did she have nice gams? I said aces on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> I know you were supposed to pick up fine. <laughs> I but know. Anyway. And then I had so I had a catheter in. I had a drain in my knee. I had you still have a drain in your still knee. have a drain in my knee. I have my new piece of we call this hardware or software. Uh, I think it's software because <laughs> I have an ileostomy, so I have a crap bag on my body. <laughs> <laughs> on the higher crap part blood pressure cuff on three ivs just hanging out of me at all times right which they weren't antibiotic. really using though the one they would just put the antibiotic in and fluids and antibiotics. fluids and whatever and so we learned that this is an ileostomy because it come your your bag or your ostomy comes from your upper intestine yes um, and a colostomy comes from your lower intestine Which or your large intestine, yeah. your colon. So that's not, I, I just had ostomy in my head. I didn't know. 
Yeah, they call really? it an ostomy or an ileostomy, and the other one's called a colostomy. Yes. So ostomy always means up here. So they have I have a couple of like laparoscopic incisions where they took a look to see you know what piece of intestine they were going to pull out, and it's called a stoma. And the nurse told me some people don't like to know this, but basically they slice open that piece of intense intestine and flip it inside out. She's like like a turtleneck. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, and that's the piece that you see. I liked that you saved this for almost three weeks later. Well. Like, I, first of all, you called it a stoma, and I was like, oh, that makes sense. But I also never thought, I mean, that's something I learned. I never right. really thought when, you know, if you, sto- if you said stoma to me, I would think in the throat. Right. Like, I hadn't. Um, and that uh, turtleneck analogy, oh, my. I was kind of like, oh, I see why that annoys people. <laughs> Some people Thanks. don't like to know this. Thanks for telling me. We're going to have to label this one, like. With a warning. Explicit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but she also said like in how easy it was for them to reverse them and then I would see a little piece, which I do, and that's like a, they they leave a little piece like in the wings so that when they stuff it back in, that flap comes over <laughs> and they sew it up and you're good. Yes. Because they're really like NBD, we're putting your colon but you're not your colon, your intestine back in. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah, so that's really because it will be reversed, but I have this for about three months. Yes, and, and this is all... So it's just as disgusting as you think it would be. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. Yay. Oh, no, they say, oh, no one's going to notice. Yeah, okay. Well, well, how do I you... wear even bigger shirts? Well, this is this is part of your um, recovery, and this is one of the things I wanted to talk about is what how much you don't realize goes into recovery... Yeah. And nobody can really prepare you for. I know I talked about before, um, after my lobectomy, how, you know, in the last several days, or most of my hospital stay, I was sleeping in a chair. Right. Nobody told you that. Right. And then I wouldn't be laying down, and it took me almost three weeks to get into my bed. Mm -hmm. I went from recliner to couch, you know, eventually to my bed with a whole bunch of pillows. Eventually, I took the pillows away. There wasn't, and I don't know if this is a failure of the healthcare system or not, or if it's just like they don't want to overwhelm the patient with that much information, but that's something we just had to figure out for ourselves. You know, and you knew ahead of time that you were not supposed to sit because of the pressure on the newly repaired tissue, so that you needed to be in a reclined position, but what... You also were kind of left to figure out what that means for you and how right. you will do it. And and I've had home health out since, but they don't, they say, is there anything else you need? But like, they don't, um, they are just medical. They're, they care. Like I had a really good nurse come by this week, but like, they don't quite talk to you about living Mm-hmm. Uh, they do the have to see did a little the physical bit. therapist wanted to see where I walk, what the sta- stairs look like, walked me go up and watch me go up and down the stairs, you know, but that is to design your PT rehabilitation right. program. It's nobody did like a home assessment to help you figure no, out. They just what asked me, do you live alone and what, do you own a rent and what kind of house is it? And you know, yeah. How, how many bathrooms do you have? And, do you have animals? 
Right, but well, they took, you know, they took repurposed one of your hamstring muscles. Yeah. Plus all the repair that happened in the vaginorectal space. Do you mm-hmm. think do you think that's how we say it? They say recto rectovaginal. Right. Okay, I think the other it just way around. Flows better? I don't know. <laughs> the other way around. But yeah. because of all the repair, you know, the drain um that is just above your knee or no, it's just below your knee. Just below my knee, yeah. Uh to allow movement in that leg because there's no room for really fluid build up filled build up. But like right. nobody in the hospital then says Maybe it's going to be hard for you to sit on the toilet. We should get you one of those toilet seats. Right. You know, through your... Yeah, sort of the first time you take a shower, you may not be able to stand for the length of your shower. Yeah. Let's get you a shower chair. They don't walk you through that. I had, and I will tell you, I had excellent nurses, and except for like the half day I didn't. This woman... That one night nurse. Well, right? I'd like to call her Helga. In fact, I don't even know what her actual name is, but Cause she, she she was could... so rude. She hated life. She hated me. And she's like, okay, we're going to take this catheter out. I had been in that room for less than a day. She took it out at night? Yeah. Oh. And she's just like, whoop. And I'm like, ow! Thank she you. could not care less. Thank you for yelling as loud as you did. Well, <laughs> You know, I like to do a good reenactment. A dramatic reenactment. Because I can't stomp around like Helga right now. In the role of... But I don't want to, you know, and I couldn't believe that I had to get up and pee. And it was excruciating. Well, even, I mean, just just from the standpoint of, sure, you, you tolerated it well. But for eight or so hours... You know, you said how the back of your head hurt because you were laying. I had like a ridge on like an operating something. table for so long. It was bruised. There's just a welt. You know, in the amount of fluid they pump into you. Mm-hmm. Oh, your body is just a wreck. Yeah, which I'm checking now. It's gone. Well, see, I know, I know that my catheter came out pretty soon, as well, and that's that's an important step. Sure. But I wanted to be like, who told you to do that? <laughs> and I knew that they would get me up to walk and everything, and I was very well drugged up, so I didn't feel anything. But, um, you know, I did. And, you know, there's pieces. I do want to tell a couple of quick nurse stories, but there are, I wanted to go a little bit more in depth on what this is, is because I think people don't understand what... I'm going through. Right. And that's why we wanted to focus on recovery. If they have to have something in, like I talked this morning to Jackie, who's my friend and massage therapist, and she does all the voodoo. She's like, she's like magic. You know, (laughs) you know her. Yes. And she had a, she had a procedure. I guess I can't show that, but. Voodoo Jackie. um, (laughs) Voodoo Jackie. (laughs) But she was, I said, I, this is really hard, like harder than anything I've done and harder than I could have imagined. And she's like, yeah, people don't tell you. And also I cried for like 48 hours, maybe 36, like just uncontrollably. And you were here for a lot of it and I, and I couldn't stop it. And I couldn't always tell you what it did or why it came about, but you mm-hmm. know. Well, you're, you're, it's. Yeah, I mean, I got a lot going on. You're jumping around again. Well. (laughs) 
You're jumping up. We went from hospital to tears, and those things didn't happen. This is part of this is part of recovery. And anyway, that's, so well, and that's couple quick fun nursery stories, and I make them short. All right, what were you gonna say? Doesn't matter. Go ahead. She gave me a face, you guys. What's <laughs> what? Go ahead. Well, we're not taking any pictures today. We'll t- <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody want to see this. We are both <laughs> reclining, and anyhow. No pictures today. I do jump around a lot, but what do you want me to say? Well, I was just going to say that, you know, one of the primary things I think we should talk about in recovery is, is where you were headed, but you mentioned the tears and that was a, that was after about 10 to 12 days. Cause mm-hmm. you saw your follow up with one of your surgeons Yeah, was at about day 10. It was one of the worst days of my life too. It was awful, you know, but that you were going to see your surgeon to see if it was time for the drain to come out and it didn't. And that wasn't a big, and that wasn't a hard, you know, a hard blow to you, but he told you, you know, to sort of clarify what you were already feeling that at that point you were going to be feeling more pain, Mm -hmm. more fatigue. And what else did he say? More pain, more fatigue. Feel like you're backsliding a little bit, feeling like. Mm-hmm. things are really hard and, and he, he wasn't kidding I mean, he was great about that because he was yeah. like this is normal and you should know this is normal um he suggested protein shakes yeah and we will have to talk about your about your diet that's one of the things we want to talk about today but as you know as a, a supplement that'll be important to your strength and your energy of course yeah. Well, thank God he said it, and he did. He, he was really good about explaining using the gracilis to, to make the patch, you know, in very layman terms, the patch over the hole that was left by the original tumor that they wanted to atrophy. So as I'm going through this recovery, I need to make sure the rest of my muscles are not wasting away because of the little movement and the little amount of food and the kinds of foods I'm eating don't have a lot of protein in them. So he said the best way to get through this especially hard phase, which he said was 7 to 10 days, is with protein shakes. And I'm thankful for that, and I do believe it's helped. And 7 to 10 days is 3 to 4 weeks. And I think that's an important point to make because yeah. when we're talking about recovery, you know, it, it's that's really rough, and I think it's great for us to talk about that you know, people know, and I think people who are listening to us who have been through not even the same surgeries, but other major surgeries know this feeling. There's a point at which all the anesthesia has left your body. Mm. Um, I know, and I, I mean, I support the medical practice of not sending anybody home with a lot of narcotics. Like, I understand that and I get it. For sure. But you get five or six days of what you had was Percocet. Mm-hmm. Um you know, so basically you've got, if you, you don't have six days worth, you have six pills. Right. They only want you to take one a day. It's not like you're taking more than one a day. In the hospital, and when you're getting gone, like three or four a day. Well, and you were not on Percocet. I mean, no. like I wasn't. You're on the big drugs. and Because that, yeah. that's one of the measures you have to, you can't take the IV drugs. You have to be able to take a pill. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as your body is metabolizing all of you know, all that was put into your body, there is a, there is a huge letdown. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, last night, so we decided this is what, day 18? Yep. 
was the first night you slept in your own bed. Yeah. Took 17 days for me to go back to my bed. Yeah. Pretty crazy. But pretty great. Cause yeah. You got, you got a, it's a win. It's not that you've not been sleeping well, but always getting into your own bed is going to be better. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm thankful that I had the spare room set up um, and I had been sort of doing, a, I did a couple of extra things to make it nicer because I knew I would have visitors. So when I came here, I was like, oh, this blanket's so fuzzy and soft, <laughs> even though I didn't buy oh, it for myself, but this is a nice room. <laughs> <laughs> and I have my little Christmas tree in here. Yeah, and, and a pretty jade plant. And it felt, you know... So Artwork and a television. Felt welcoming. <laughs> I got to binge Emily in Paris. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. And I, because I don't have a TV in my room and I won't. Cause and I, Virgin I, River. I, and Virgin River. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness. That's a whole different podcast. Dun, dun, dun. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I would, if I had this TV in my room, normally I'd stay up too late, but it was really... Did you say CD? I said TV. Oh. <laughs> Put on your listening ears. <laughs> I really, I really heard if I had a CD in my room. <laughs> if my, yeah, there is a DVD player in here. <laughs> There's a DVD player? There used to be. I might have chucked it when I got Yeah, mad. you don't have that anymore. Might have got mad the delicate shelving said, Screw system. that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, so, real quick, my nurse's stories. Because oh, yeah. I love small world stories. And a couple podcasts ago, I talked about what happened when I went to church. Oh, yeah. Right? So, the same thing happened to me. Um... And as part of the, like, recovery team, they have the psychologist come in and just kind of make sure you're okay. And I'm chatting away, and she asked me, I'm pretty sure she asked me what I did for a living, and I mentioned swimming. And she said, oh, she loves swimming. She and one of her dearest friends, and she has an accent. Mm -hmm. You know, I was trying to figure out where she was from. And... One of her dearest friends, it's a funny story that she, they were swimming together and she had her daughter in swim lessons and her friend's daughter said, I want to do swim lessons too. And then she says, oh, and now she swims for Copley High School. Oh my <laughs> I was like, gosh. I was like, you don't say. <laughs> and once she said it, I knew exactly who it was. You know? Oh, how neat. Yeah. And she's like, of course I won't share this. This is not my business to share, but I love that we connected in this way. Oh, that is so nice. And it was, it kind of opened the door for us and it was really nice and she's very caring. And then my last nurse, the day I got released from the hospital, day five, um, was, I was super thankful for her because, you know, she came in, I could tell she was like real matter of fact and, and but she was friendly, but she just knew her stuff, you know, mm-hmm. she took, she was one of those, you knew took pride in what she was doing. And I said, Hey, like the surgical team was just in here and they said that I'm medically cleared to leave, but how am I supposed to actually know if I should leave? Mm-hmm. You know, cause everyone's like, it's up to you, you know? And I'm like, is it? <laughs> like, is it up to me? I don't know. Like. So she helped me like walk through everything and she was so nice and she was giving me pain meds and she said, well, I'll go ahead and, you know, put this in and, 
you know, with her, I decided that I could go ahead because there's a, you know, I'm not, I won't tell you what to do, but she said, there's a lot of magic in you being at home. And I said, you know, like I could envision being home and how good that might feel. And so that's what like sort of, um, made the decision. But in the meantime, she said something like, I wish I could have some of these. I'm so sore from my Pilates class. And I'm like, Hmm. So she caught, she was talking about something else. And then I said, you know, so, uh, where do you take Pilates? You know, and we have this whole conversation and of course she goes to club Pilates and she was like one of the founding members and it's not one of the clubs that I ever managed, but mm-hmm. obviously it's a club that my friend manages and she's like, oh, she knows exactly who I am, <laughs> you know? You know, it's not, it's not too funny that you run into no, those I mean, people. I'm in an Akron hospital. But so. that those become part of your, com- those, those keywords become part of your conversation. Yes. And that you find the connection. Yeah. And I like doing that and I always have. Mm-hmm. But as soon as she said Pilates, I was like, I know where this is going. Yes. You know? <laughs> so, and I was right and it was hilarious. Um, Mom used to say about you that when we'd go places, you would be the one who'd always make a friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I've always done it. So. You were born that way. <laughs> That's it. And what about you? That's a Lady Gaga song, and I can't. I, I can't. And I can't come up. I know with you it. wanted to. Oh, I want to, but I can't. Remember those years where I used to hide behind you, though. No. I do. <laughs> I would push you out of me because I like, was just a little bit taller. Make, I don't know. I would, <laughs> I would make you ask the adult whatever had to be asked. Oh, I was gosh. so afraid to do it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's like, that's that, a different episode. That's another podcast day. Well, in the in the terms of recovery, in your new but temporary time with an ileostomy um we made reference to food so yeah you're essentially on a brat diet yeah soft foods and um, easily digestible easily digestible and like you know they the ostomy nurse gave me suggestions and I have a whole sheet from the dietitian on things to eat and not eat and of course they use the example of corn she's like everybody can understand that you know, wink, wink. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. But, you know, so that's no popcorn. But also uh, pineapple, mushrooms. She's like, definitely no celery. Um, and, then, and no raw vegetables. No raw vegetables. They have to basically be cooked in a, in a soup. Really mushy mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, vegetables in a soup, in a delicious soup that I just wanted to eat and eat and eat, um, I'm finding I'm not quite ready for yet. And that sucks. Mm -hmm. So I think the first thing I ate was mashed potatoes. And then the second thing was applesauce. You've had macaroni and cheese. I've had plenty of macaroni and cheese. With success. Uh Uh-huh. Um, white breads. Sorry, Jackie. Yeah. White. (laughs) No... You know, like I had to give bleached flour. Products. I had to give you like my hearty breads, and yeah. um, I can't eat any nuts right now. Like no nuts, no I always seeds, have a no big, raw vegetables. I roast my own almonds, and I do you know all that, and I can't eat any of that. So on Christmas Day, you had a couple bites of ham. Delightful. Um, so didn't good. you have maybe? Yeah, macaroni and cheese and applesauce and a roll. No, I mean, not Christmas dinner, but I mean, as far as moving away from essentially the brat diet, you had, did you have tuna? 
Am I making yeah. this up? Yeah. Yeah, and Susan made me this tuna pasta, um, like a tuna salad, but with pasta. Right, which was which was so good. Which was digestible. The first time I had any kind of protein, Mm -hmm. and um, and then ham, and I ordered myself a pizza. If anybody wants to come over and eat it, because I can't eat it all, Uh, (laughs) but I had like bacon put on half of it, Mm -hmm. and man, was that just so good! It was delicious, and that's the thing, like. On the pizza, it's in small pieces of bacon. So we also need to talk about portions because it's really important um, for, like, we talked about this before about, you know, diet and management and uh, it's poop management. I can't escape this. I wonder if they I can't escape this crap. (laughs) (laughs) Nice pun. I wonder if this is a college course. Poop management. (laughs) (laughs) We should make it. Food management, one. <laughs> but um, you know, then back to the protein shakes, which are I can easily digest, and um, and they suggested a multivitamin. Mom searched high and low for a non-gummy, chewable, chewable, chewable but not gummy vitamin. Right. Which she had to go to the almighty Amazon to find. Yeah, she tried. Locally. She called a couple of pharmacies. Now I knew a couple of pharmacies would be able to order them, but not. She had a. She would have to go to the local specialty pharmacy, not even the chain like a, pharmacy. Like a compounding pharmacy. Yeah. Yeah. So that was interesting that it was so difficult to find. Now I just yeah. have to remind you to take it. But like big smarties, but they're pretty good. So small portions. Um, Very small. Because in your upper intestine, and that's the placement of the bag. Things move through your body pretty quickly. They don't really have time to digest. Right. You know? I mean, it moves pretty quickly. It gets the stomach acid, In, but that's Input it. goes to output pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's the kindest way I can say it. <laughs> <laughs> so when I have my morning coffee... No. Uh. <laughs> oh, just, well, just in case you guys want to know what we're like, I took her dog for a walk, and after I had to pick up her poop and put it in a bag, I tied it to her harness <laughs> and i was like look xena does it too xena's <laughs> got a poop bag too <laughs> and i'm and i'm glad we're laughing about it because back to your tears Ugh. like there's been i dare say um you'll cry about just anything these days but a lot of, yeah it's a lot of grief but like the kind of tears that are like you might think big I, like today, you almost thought I was like fake crying, right? Or was I laughing? No, like I... I thought you. So I thought you were hurt because oh, you yeah. know I brought Zena in. Zena, one of her dogs, has been staying with me, and I brought her back into Amanda's home today, first, and it was a yeah. nice and it was a nice reunion. But I didn't see, and what we were afraid of was one of Zena's big heavy paws pulling at either the ostomy bag or the drain in your leg Mm -hmm. and you started crying immediately in such a big way i was concerned that she hurt you like just like that and it turns out it was just a happy homecoming yeah well i really missed her and if anybody that follows me on social saw then i and you were here along with george but um you know roxy lost Roxy last week so not having the dogs here because I'm so fragile 
and then losing her and you know Zena coming back and being my only dog now it's just like extra emotional mm-hmm. so and it's like oof. you know the fact that the fact that your dogs had to be kept away from you is is what you need for recovery but it's not like is for your emotional health it's not good for recovery right so I understand the tears and bringing her back home today. Yeah, and I can't, you know, can't wait till she snuggles and, like, hunkers down and realizes she's home. Yeah. And she follows you around everywhere you go. <laughs> Boy, does she follow. She was on vacation at your house. Yeah. She was having a good old time. Well, I've learned that I'm the leader of the pack, by the way. Who's the leader? I'm the alpha dog. Oh, yeah. Because, let me tell you. If I sit on the toilet, all three of them are coming to see what I'm doing. <laughs> it's true. It's like having little kids again. Yeah. What are you doing, Mom? What are you what doing? Are you I need something. <laughs> Do you have a snack? Yeah. I mean, they're pretty They're pretty intense dogs. So we have talked about um, reclining. Yeah. As we are doing right now. I will be able to actually sit for... I think 10 more weeks. A while. Is that yeah. right? Is that true? Gosh, he said it was long. I'll have to get some clarification on that. Right. I might be making that up. I'm not making it up, but just jumbling it up. I think that. But yeah. you're not. Anyways, you already know it's not comfortable. So yeah. Um, I took you over to mom's house on Christmas Day, mm-hmm. which is approximately three miles. Yeah, it's like five minutes. Probably. And that was an uncomfortable ride. Yeah. The car is not so, my friend. And I miss driving. You sat on the couch with well you have gas in your car for whenever you do it again um you sat on the couch with a tray table yeah a la the 1980s it was it was great um you know but when it like we we're gonna talk about some of the other things um in recovery and with it being this time of year kind of some things we're reflecting on yeah i I wrote down these notes at like three in the morning because, well, I don't know, because two things happen. Like when I either I read or listen to a book, I feel like I'm going to be the best author there is and I should just start writing a book. So does that happen to you? Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I should write. I am a mastermind. (laughs) Like it gets the creative juices flowing when I was listening to one of my books last night, but also. What are you listening to? It is um, a series that's an Amazon original and Audible about um, vampires. Oh. But it's not like, it's like vampires in present day. It's um, a neat spin on the thing, on things. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I like the writer and the narrator. Anyway. Um, but also because, you know, a couple of people have asked, like, what am I doing for New Year's Eve? And I was reflecting on the fact that Christmas, it really was just so happy that I could even be there. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and there was a chance I couldn't have been. It could have been a bad day. I could have woken up and been in a lot of pain or It something. was a bad day. It, well, it was. I kind of remember grabbing you by the face. and. Yes. Yeah. Because I was thinking, like... We like to dress up or like dress a little nicer. I like, you know, and I'm, I, I can only wear loose clothing, top and bottom. I still have to account for the drain in my knee. Um, like even just putting on like a real bra, um, 
showering, you've you've had to be here for every shower just so I don't bite it. And like the just the mere thought of getting ready, I was like, I'm already exhausted. And it was emotional. And holidays can be an emotional for me sometimes anyway. Because mm-hmm. then, you know, loss comes up. Or I think about dad. Or I think about the fact that I'm single. Mm-hmm. You know. And what actually the- didn't happen this time was I didn't even think about being single. Like the whole family was rallying around me. But there was a moment where I was like sitting in the family room by myself and everybody was getting food and I thought oh my god what am I going to do if nobody comes and sits with me like for a minute I thought I was going to be forgotten about part of the reason why I grabbed you by the face because I was like in what world are you going to be sitting by yourself I don't I'm not discounting your fear but I was like stop that because I know it's because you just know that's not true and that's just the emotional part of surgery that I don't think anybody talks about. And it, there's so many things, especially the medicines or the anesthesia, which really kind of stays in for a long time. And mm-hmm. as it comes out, it can be messing with you. And what Dr. Subichin said about how this is going to be my roughest week. And he's like, spot on. Well, I mean, it's it's phys- it's physically and emotionally the, the roughest week. Um, because of like what's happening to you, the fact, um, that we lost Roxy. Yeah. Like that's enough in any world and then sure. perfectly physically and mentally healthy. But then this is just, this is just about the time Christmas fell at the time when you're, when I think for everybody going through something like this, you, you naturally have a moment Yes, where, I mean, insert your favorite like screw this kind of (laughs) of language but you're just over it I had you know I had the day I told you it took me three weeks to get back into my bed and so after about two weeks I was throwing a full on fit right you know and it probably took another two maybe even another three weeks before I was able to lay it on my side Mm -hmm. and you know same thing like you get you, if you're if you're a side sleeper and you can't do that for two yeah. months, it just wears on you. Like, I'm not a back sleeper, but I had to become a back sleeper. Yeah. And then I even thought about asking him to put the... He, he told me it didn't matter, but, like, which gracilis muscle he took so mm-hmm. that I... But I'm like, I'm a left side sleeper. But I found that as I started to get better and with the body pillow or many a pillow, right? Mm -hmm. If I went to my left side and I had something between my knees that, you know, the weight of my right leg was too much, Mm -hmm. but I could still use my backup side, which is my right side. (laughs) Your backup side. (laughs) (laughs) So. We all understand the favorite sleep. Right. But it would only last for like 10 minutes before I'd start to get into real pain and then I'd have to move again. But those things really mess with you. And then the other thing that happens is this time of year is we're all like, I'm over this year. Like you open TikTok and it was like, what was your, what are the three words of 2023? Oh my. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, mine was like, joy, you got married and something else. And I was like, F you TikTok. (laughs) That was enough. Like I closed the app down. And we're done. And we're done. (laughs) But this is the time that people make 
resolutions. You know, and it's a time it's a time of natural reflection anyway. Right. Um, and you have a lot of time to think. But let's talk about reflection in a different way here. Yeah. Your home care nurse, how did the he he had an HPV conversation with he you? He plopped down, he came right in and sat down and introduced himself and he's like, So HPV, huh? And he's like, I was reading through your chart and he's like, I'm full time with, you know, it's from the hospital, their SUMA home health. He's like, but I might, he's like, I might be in a full-time research position. If I do, I want to talk more about this because he's like, as an RN, we find out, we find parents just don't listen. So I explained, you know, he's like, so all of this came from that original thing. And like, he wanted to know how I knew and what happened. And I basically... Let's underscore, let's underscore highlight exclamation point. Right, we haven't said that in a while. I know. Get out your pens. This, your <laughs> rectal cancer, my rectal cancer from HPV, your metastasis from HPV. HPV. And not that in your lungs it's HPV, but it's the squamous cell, just one little scout cell or three or whatever it was yeah. that implants in your lungs. And here you are. Right. Everything we have talked about in this um, you know, in season one and now in season four, it two. really has to do... Season two. Holy moly. Episode <laughs> four of season two. <laughs> but it really does have to do with HPV. Now, my lung cancer was its own lung cancer. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's just because I'm a real party inside. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm perfectly average. Not a party anymore. <laughs> but, right. um But it's But it's true. And he, he was... One of the first that, you know, basically, well, first of all, I did his homework, you know, mm-hmm. and because that because most nurses in the hospital would look at the picture that's on my chart and then they would dub, they would ask me my birthday and my full name again. And they're like, well, you don't look the same person. And then they're like, what's with the what's with what made you cut your hair? And I'm like, it's called cancer. I lost it all. <laughs> it's so I'm like, dumbass. So, oh, Thanks my for making me an enemy. Just anyway, an enemy. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I was like, <laughs> was like immediately mad. <laughs> but anyway. Leave, enemy. <laughs> leave. But he was so very interested and he wanted research and we talked about our podcast and I sent him the one on HPV because it's been very valuable from the people that have given us the feedback and said that they've shared it and said that they've... And our and some of the nurses that we've listened to, one of yes. our high school classmates was so kind to let us know that she shares our story um, when she talks to parents because like the you know in an office setting where vaccination comes up for young children because we talked about vaccination as early as 11 Mm -hmm. and as long as what did we find out 45 yeah um, until 45 you know what we found out for about vaccination and parents you know, parents are worried about vaccination at all, but they also think, well, why would I do that to my child? They're not sexually active. Which I just, I, it hurts my heart because yeah, you don't think you're, you don't think they're going to grow up and ever be sexually active? Well, the, and When the, four out of five people have HPV and the, you won't do this simple step, not only to protect them from irregular cells or cervical cancer, but... Yeah. But... Rectal cancer, throat cancer, mouth cancer, tongue cancer. I mean, oh my goodness. Metastasis anywhere in your body. 
And yeah, and so I remember clearly in Dr. Walsh when he first met him, and no, it was Dr. Pleat, but he said, Be thankful it's rectal cancer. Because he showed me what happens when it's in your face. And I, I, I thought to myself immediately, Oh, I just, I would die. Like I wouldn't make it. You know, and it's, and we are not the people that are, you know, vaccine pushers, and we understand there's a stigma ever since. COVID, I mean, there's always been a bit of a stigma, but... I will say that in this in this case, I'm a vaccine pusher. Well, I am too. I, what I, I, what I want to push is like, open your eyes, open your ears as you listen to us right now and actually think about this. Those, the, um, and I, I wish I could remember, I, I did to post it on our thought. Instagram. What I'm Dr. Sorry. Pleat said was, it's not even con- considered sexual contact anymore. It is intimate contact with someone. Closeness. Because it's so easily passed. So easily spread. Well, like, and because... You don't even have to be naked. It's not the... It is losing the... I'm sure it's more prevalent if it's sexual contact, but... But, but so many people don't know they have it. Yes. That's part of it. Right. Well, and the fact that the most common cancer that's projected for 24 and 25 is HPV-related throat and mouth cancers. Yeah. For the United States. I mean, that that is is terrifying. Sobering, it's terrifying. Yes, sobering is a good word for it. It's, and and I just, there are people we care about Mm -hmm. that have not listened to that specific episode. Right. That it could impact them. And all I want to say is just be open to listening. Right. And every, you know, and every parent has to make an informed decision for their child and every adult has to make an informed decision for themselves, even though I feel like this is a no brainer. But let's get let's get back to um, reflection, because as we reflect on all of our episodes and we kind of think about like the rest of the world is thinking about as we enter the next year. Yes. What can we change? What can we do for ourselves? What healthy step can we take? So we've we've kind of thought you know maybe it's um a one more vegetable based meal per well, bef- week before you get into that and just i want to say like my when i was thinking about it like we're not going to set resolutions i want to just say i don't ever set resolutions no neither do i but with us on our as we podcast each week we're going to talk about something that we are doing each week to further our health, essentially. And we want you to join us. You're going to walk to the mailbox. I'm going to walk to the mailbox by myself. and Or pick up your Amazon packages if they're under 10 pounds. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say it's a problem, but every day when I come over here, there's a package <laughs> at your door. <laughs> well, I mean, and thank you because people have been sending me gifts. Yes. But also, I was Christmasing. But, um, and I got some beautiful flowers, and I probably shouldn't have lifted them, but I did. Anyhow, um, so we did think of some ideas that aren't resolutions, but what are things that you can do to move yourself forward? And we're going to be doing it with you, and we want you to share with us what you're doing. So you want to run down some of the ideas we have. Well, we talked with Jackie about square breathing, and there's a lot from our conversation with Jackie that I have incorporated into my own life. But the square breathing, especially when there's a change in weather 
or, um, you know, allergens in the air or mm-hmm. whatever it is, something that sort of will bring that cough back yep. to me. Um, my work building. But um, <laughs> that is that is something will sort of break the feeling of needing to cough or will sort of break my coughing mm-hmm. is to stop and use something like square breathing. Now, that's just one of many examples so good to hear. of... of that sort of meditative purposeful inhale exhale right but that's maybe that is something you incorporate each night before bed because it lowers cortisol levels and can help not you personally your listeners us Mm -hmm. the general you um to lower cortisol levels before bed to help us relax this is a great idea and one thing i've used with my swimmers and that i do i can't do it right now but is legs up a wall Mm -hmm. and helps reset your um, nervous system um it's like if you anyone practices yoga it is a type of inversion right your feet are in the air Mm -hmm. it helps move things through your circulation um so if you're having some swelling it also helps release the pressure in your back and your shoulders and all the things. Mm-hmm. Be very helpful. And so that's something. Right. Right. So yeah, it'll be a goal of mine to be able to do that. Yeah, and it's not necessarily a resolution, but it's purposefully thinking about uh, a healthy step, which might quite literally be, like we said for you, steps to the mailbox, or we are having an unseasonably warm December. Yeah. And if it's not raining, you know, open a window. Yeah. Very simple. Get some fresh air. Walk your animals or just walk your own butt around the block. Yeah. Um, just because we all know the benefits of walking. Um, and fresh when air. When you're stuck inside because it's cold or rainy, do something to help with the sort of emotional or mental clutter by mm-hmm. decluttering. Yeah. A junk drawer, let's say. A closet shelf. You know, this is just like... Even your that. fridge or your cupboard or your, you know, yeah. pantry. Like, something that... you Get got, those crumbs you out realize, of the cheese drawer. Get, yes. Like, something you realize is you look past every single day, but it bugs you. And you'll... When you, when you clean it out, it changes the world. Like, I'm so proud of... The organized junk drawer I have, and that was like from seven months ago. <laughs> I let my neighbor borrow so... my kitchen on Christmas Day because her oven died, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Man, I hope she opens the the junk junk drawer and sees how organized I am." You know, like it's a it's sense like of pride. It's like a gold star <laughs> on your chart. Look at this drawer, not the other ones, but look at this look one. Look at this. Yes, I'll tell you what it is. Is like. You come to my house and you tell me what I've been ignoring, you know, for so long. And I'll, and I come into, I do it to you all the time. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> but friends or family, I mean, you see there's something or yeah. when somebody's coming over. Yes. You know, I've heard people say before, like, um, live like you're, live like you're moving. You know, what should this room look like if someone That's why I love over? this room so much. Because it's clean and pretty and organized yeah Yeah. Yeah. and it feels good and i have Um, to usually i've always left the door closed because of the dogs but like there are times where especially when it's sunny that i open the door just because i like to walk past this room it gives me joy yeah you know 
Um, anyway, what are some... Talk to somebody about getting a colonoscopy. Yes. I know we have talked about it before, but we've had friends who have said, you know, because of your experience or listening to this podcast, we scheduled that colonoscopy. Or I did the... Or I... Yeah, we talked about You know... Sending your poop off in a box. (laughs) (laughs) Poop in a box. Poop in a box. (laughs) Poop in a bag. Step one. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me. Oh, my. Um, You know, schedule that appointment that you don't want to schedule, but you that has been in the back of your mind. Yeah. Well, I did talk to another another classmate about, oh, well, you know, I'll have this appointment in February. And I just kind of said, why? Why would you wait until February? You've been thinking about this so much. And this has been on your mind so much. Nobody wants to go to the doctor. I understand that. But, you know, we've talked a lot about not ignoring how you're feeling. Also, don't ignore that. Don't ignore that inner voice that tells you this isn't right. Pay attention. Right, yes. so schedule that appointment. Um, that's not something we're gonna really be doing because we both have a lot of we appointments lot of scheduled appointments already. already scheduled. <laughs> yeah, right. you know. But it, it you, the fine the final thing I might suggest is continuing to listen to our podcast. Yes. Yay! Yeah. Well, honestly, I think that we have found, and we didn't know what would come out of it there's been more than we ever could have expected Mm -hmm. but when you listen I think the thing is that there's someone that as a listener you think of and like I was not a heavy podcaster I would listen here and there a podcast listener yes podcast listener and things that I thought were funny or things that were shared because I am a heavy podcaster Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Bad cancer. That's self-deprecating humor. Get it? <laughs> yes. I'm a bad cancer. But you know what I mean? Like, but commit to actually listening. Mm-hmm. And because why have you been avoiding it? Because I get, people tell us, I've been so busy. I've had one person be real honest and say, because of my own situation, it's been hard for me to listen and understand. Oh, for sure. But you're going to hear something, whether it's from one of our guests or it's something that we've discovered along the way, right, that we want you to know that could help you and and or someone else you know. Mm-hmm. So if, if you haven't, because we're going to send this to everybody <laughs> that we know, but if you haven't listened, start from the beginning. To everybody who know me. Shout out to everybody who know me. What was that? 93.1? WZAK. The shout out, the, yeah, yeah. The shout outs. The shout outs. All right. On that note, we got to keep us under an hour. Look at that. Oh. well, Woo! Been, this is a long one. We've been talking. Like, we've had weeks of, of things to talk about. Oh, no. So, we did a, we did a good job. Thanks. As always, thanks for making it to the end of the podcast. We appreciate you. And Until we, next time. Hey, we hope that. Does this happen every time? It does. What? But no, we hope that you think about the things that we have suggested. And we're going to put a spot in for feedback where you can reply and tell us what in week one of January are you going to try. Or drop us some more suggestions that we can share with our listeners. Okay, sounds good. Okay. So now, thanks for listening. (laughs) And until next time, bye. bye!